Hello and welcome to the Change With Him Real Raw Redeemed podcast. I am your host, Sarah Picaro, and today we're going to be talking about obsession. Oh, what a fun and juicy topic because every one of us can relate, especially those of us who've been through emotionally abusive, unavailable, neglectful, traumatic relationships in our past, relationships with aka narcissists. And that's my background. That is what I know God allowed me to go through and walked me through so that I can hold the space for others who've gone through it as well. And there's such a growing number of people who've gone through it because we've all gone through childhood. We've all gone through emotionally unavailable relationships, neglectful relationships, experiences where we're still left with those invisible wounds and they haven't yet healed to become scars. And so they still feel open and we're still exuding that pain on people who weren't the ones that caused the pain in the first place. And that's exactly what a narcissistic relationship does, but it exemplifies the pain that we already feel and the things that we are already, the areas of our lives that we're already hurting. And so we attract that. We attract it so that it gets bad enough so that we see that we need a change. And that's why this podcast is titled The Change With Him. I know that God took me through those past relationships and experiences so that I could see that I needed him. So I could get to that place where I was finally open to letting him in. It wasn't that he didn't want to come in before then. It was that I didn't think I needed him before then. And he's always desired a relationship with me and with you. It's us who thinks that we can do it on our own. It's us that thinks that we've got it. It's us that thinks that we just need more of this or less of that. And that we need other people to stop doing this or that for us to be at peace. And we got it all wrong. We've got it all twist around, twisted around, upside down, backwards, and confused. And that's what the enemy loves. And in that, the enemy is winning. And there's this internal battle and war that's raging within us that's, that's winning, that seems to be consuming us, that seems to be choking us, strangling us. That's why we experience things like anxiety and we feel like we can't breathe, panic attacks where we feel like we're literally going to die because it feels like we're dying inside if we're not letting him in. And we become obsessed. We become obsessed. We already live in an obsessed world and culture, especially in the United States, which is where this is coming from. We live in this state of obsession of, of needing things and needing to be the best and needing it to be this way, needing other people to look at us a certain way that so that we can feel good about ourselves. And that's the very essence of what narcissism in and narcissism is. And we get caught in that trap ourselves and then we don't realize it until we do. And then we realize we're so confused, but we're so obsessed. And for so long in my pain, I was obsessed with trying to figure out the narcissist, trying to make them stop doing this and start doing that obsessed. I would, I would literally spend the entirety of a night that I should have been sleeping and resting, combing through past old conversations, through past text messages, through pictures to, to see if I, where I missed something or to try and figure it out 
in an effort to try and change it because I wanted my life to change, but I was looking in the past for it to change. I was obsessed with trying to figure out the narcissist. I was obsessed with watching YouTube videos and, and reading books about narcissism and psychopaths and trying to, to put another person in a box or in a hold so I could say, yes, see, and I could like almost have this from above experience, pointing my finger down into the hole where the narcissist, where I had put them in my mind and going, see, look down there. They're the evil one. They're the one and, and, and not, they're the one not taking any responsibility. They're the one that did this to me. And, and I realized that as I was doing that, I, I didn't know it then, but I, I became obsessed with being the victim. Because in this obsession of of telling the story about narcissism and about emotional abuse and past neglect and childhood trauma and all this crap that I, I was obsessed with trying to figure out, I, I got the experience of having the quote-unquote upper hand. And, and that's the experience that the narcissist is going for as well. So for both going for this experience of the upper hand and we in our trying to heal from it, trying to make sense of it and, and what they did to us and what happened to us, we're obsessed with the victimness of it. And then we become surrounded by that obsessive kind of energy and we're not getting out of it by being obsessed on the things of it. And the scripture says, do not be obsessed with the things of this world. And I realized I was stuck in that world and I was obsessed with it. Everything I would consume when I wasn't working was trying to figure out narcissistic abuse, trying to figure out how to heal from it because I could hear my thoughts from it. I could hear my thoughts and, and I wanted escape from them. I wanted away from them. I wanted them to leave. I wanted them to go. And then actually when I, when I started reading the Bible, my first read through the Bible was an obsession of justice because I was going through the court system at that time and was obsessed with trying to figure it out and, and how do you get justice and if God is a good God and he's a God of justice then there must be something in his word and in the scripture and in the Bible that talks about it and so my first read through the Bible was through the comb of like I had this narcissistic comb in my hand and anything that talked about evil or shawl or the devil or the enemy, I was like, see, that's the narcissist. See, see, see. And I, I experienced this justification of see, look, even the Bible talks about narcissism and even the Bible talks about evilness and, and what's going to happen to them and what happens to, to good faithful people who aren't like that. And I was putting myself in that category as well. That, see, it's good and evil. It's the, the narcissist and it's the one that is with the narcissist. <laughs> it's like laughing at myself now because I'm thinking, are you kidding me? But I became obsessed with it. Even my first time reading the Bible, I was reading through it through the lens of narcissism to try and figure out you know, I'm, I'm the good one. I'm going to heaven and they're the bad one and they're going to hell. And something, thank God, literally so much has changed since then. My perception, my view, my experience and the things that I'm obsessed with. And when I shifted the things that I was obsessed with, when they shifted from becoming obsessed or being obsessed with figuring this narcissistic thing out and, and figuring life out and what it looked like without the narcissist and to truly surrender and truly let go I realized that obsession is not this bad thing that we make it 
you know, to be obsessed with worldly things, well, you're going to pay the consequence to that. And in so many ways, I, I realized how I have, and I realized how past narcissist has as well. And through that can really experience compassion for that and what that's like, because I went through it myself and I'm still not perfect. It's still a, a, a daily a daily experience because it's an earthly experience. It's a human experience. But when you change what you're obsessed with, you see obsession differently. And so now all the time, all the energy, all the effort, all the attention that I was giving in the past towards the narcissist, I now give to God. Like in the same way that I was obsessed <laughs> trying to figure out the narcissist and why they do this and and who they're doing it with and what they're doing, like so many hours, so much time in my life is now devoted to God and to being obsessed with wanting as passionately to figure out and to understand who God is, who Jesus is, instead of reading through old past text messages, trying to figure out what the narcissists meant when they said this, I try and figure out what Jesus meant when he said that. And so I read through scripture and I'm like, whoa. And, and through that obsession, through changing the lens of the obsession, my mind has so transformed and so changed in the most incredible, empowering ways. And we can do that. We become so obsessed with pain and the source of the pain. And through the obsession, when that changes and you become obsessed with the healing and the transformation and the restoration and the source of that. And you see that the source of that, the core of that is God and, and Jesus in, in who God is in, in the person of Jesus, God with a bod, <laughs> Jesus is God with some skin on everything changes. And when that is your obsession, when healing restoration, who he is, who Jesus is who God is and not who the narcissist is. I'm telling you, everything changes and you realize obsession is not a bad thing. It's the thing that allows me to sleep at night instead of keeping me up at night. So all of the good things that I had been praying for, hoping for, wishing for, dreaming for, I had room to receive. So when you change the lens of the obsession, everything changes. And I heard Joel Osteen share in one of his podcasts that I recently listened to that there was a bully. And, and we all, we can say that the narcissist is a bully. We can say that in childhood, we all can point to, yep, that person was the bully. I know who mine was. I've talked to my mom. She's like, oh, I know her first name, last name. I will always remember it. And, and this little boy experienced bullying and his dad got him a telescope <laughs> it was a neighborhood bully so he was using the telescope to to look through the window right I, I'm guessing he could see the bully's home and his dad came in one day and was like what are you doing and he's like I'm looking at the bully through the telescope and and he his dad said well you're using the telescope the wrong way you're you're supposed to look through it look through the other side, the side that magnifies. A telescope is designed to magnify and make things bigger. And the little boy said, 
I know, dad, but when I look through it this way, the quote-unquote wrong way, the other way, it shrinks him down and it makes him seem so much smaller than he really is because bullies have big attitudes. They have big, arrogant attitudes. They have big, hurtful, painful attitudes. Their actions, their words, they they exemplify and they magnify pain. And, and that's just an expression of a reflection of what they're experiencing within their own being, body, thoughts, heart, mind, and soul. And it's projected onto, and I love this little boy's analogy of the bully and using the telescope to look through it the other way, to, to shrink it, to minimize it, to diminish it. And that I thought, wow, is such a beautiful representation of life. How are we looking through things? What are we obsessed with? And what are we seeing when we look through things with that lens? And oftentimes it we can become obsessed with looking at things in a way that magnifies them, that makes the pain bigger, that makes it seem like there's no way we can ever conquer it. Not us, little old us. There's nothing we can do about it. But when we flip it around, and when we invite Jesus into our lives, that's exactly what he does. He flips things around. He turns them around. He turns them the other way and he changes them. He changes our experience with them, the way that we see them, the way that we feel about them, the things that we think about them. And he, he turns it around. And so this turnaround of the obsession for me has been life changing to say the least. I mean, now when I lie awake at night, well, I don't anymore, but if I do, I'll wake up and I'll read scripture and I'll just flip through my Bible and I'll say, Holy Spirit, come reveal to me a, a, a verse that, that it would speak to me now in this moment. And I always flip to something and read through it. And I'm like, Whoa, thank you. And then I say a prayer and I ask for restoration as I sleep in peace. And as I rest in peace, the rest in peace is not just for the dead. And I do when I wake up and I feel good and I feel alive. And the first thing I do when I wake up is say, thank you for the breath in my lungs. It's your breath in my lungs. It's borrowed breath. This isn't mine. This is for you. And so because you are breathing through me, there's something you're working through me. And there's something that you have for me, a purpose, a passion. And, and, and there's something that I'm meant to do. Please let me live that today and every day. Thank you. Amen. It is done. It is done. It is done. And I understand that now. And so I'm obsessed with what he wants to do in and through my life. He, big H, Jesus Christ, God, not the narcissist. I, and all of the, the worries and the struggle and the even thinking about them anymore. As I, as I like they look now to me in my mind, like a little tiny dot, like a little black ant. Like if you're looking at them through the quote unquote wrong side of a telescope, they look like a tiny little ant. And I, I just send them love and wish them well. It's like, you've got nothing on me now because I used to be obsessed with, with maximizing and, and expanding the way that the telescope, we can, we can hone in on particular things. We can see them, but when we move out and we move, change and alter the lens and we turn that side on God and who he is and what he's done for us and him sending his son to die for our sins, we, we start to understand that we were looking at the picture through the wrong lens. We were, we caught it all wrong, but he doesn't, he doesn't punish us for getting it wrong. He came to make it right. 
so that we could live with him and live in his glory and his greatness and his rightness for the rest of our lives, for eternity, for forever. And I think when we're going through emotional abuse, pain and trauma from narcissistic abuse and emotionally neglectful and unavailable relationships, whether it's from childhood or adulthood or all the hoods, we think that we're going to live with it forever because that's what we become obsessed with is figuring out how to try to not live with it. And in that, I realized I was obsessed with the wrong things. And I was living without God. I was living without that same attention, same focus, same intensity, same awareness on the things that could truly take my life to the next level. They could take the healing to the next level, the restoration to the next level, love for myself and for others to the next level, compassion, forgiveness for myself and for others to the next level. And when the obsession lens was turned around, everything got turned around. And that's my prayer, my desire for you too. If you're stuck in this obsession and you find that you're telling the same old story about the pain and what someone else did to you, what if you got obsessed as obsessed with learning about what he did for you, what Jesus did for you. Instead of reading through old text messages, going through their Instagram, going through old emails, if so many of us have recordings of past conversations, and we spend time in our mind trying to reflect back and figure it out, what if we spent that same time trying to figure him out? who Jesus is, who God is, what he's done for us. I guarantee you, if you do, everything will change for you. Like that's a guarantee, a hundred percent satisfaction <laughs> or your money back. And the beautiful thing is he doesn't ask us for money in that relationship. He doesn't ask us for anything. He's came to give it to us, not take it from us. And a lot of us project the the relation, the pain from the relationship that we have with the narcissist onto God, onto Jesus. I know personally, as a woman, I did because he's a man. And even the term and word and phrase him used to trigger me. Like him, no, it was him who hurt me, right? I didn't want anything to do with a him or a man for a long time, especially with letting a man into my life. What? To do what all the other men have done? That used to be my attitude. That used to be what I would think. That used to be what I would say. Oh, hell no. I'm like, get away, go away. It, it's men that cause pain and it's not, it's humans who do. And it's our inability to become obsessed with the things that can help heal it. That continue to hurt us and that's why I share this podcast I, I just I felt called to I felt led to and I trust and I know and I believe in my soul and in my heart that God is going to do incredible wonderful amazing things through you connecting with him through this so if you have found yourself like I was in the past wildly incredibly massively obsessed with trying to figure someone else out. We're trying to figure him out. If you're a woman and you were hurt by a man in the past or a man hurt by a man, whatever it is, we, we've all got pain from past humans and we come obsessed with that pain, whether it's from a parent or whether it's from a partner. And when you become just as obsessed as you as you were with that in your relationship with Jesus, everything changes. So I invite you to that today. 
if you don't have one, if you're on the fence, just, just try it on. <laughs> I'm telling you. Ooh. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Even if you just let him, let Jesus have one foot in. Even if you don't start off by reading the Bible like I did, I was like, ugh, daunting task. Are you kidding me? Isn't there a different way? Isn't there a better way? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I got things like, like little devotional books. Like this one. It's called Peace Be Still. I'm like, oh, I want some peace up in my life. Be still. I don't know what that means because I'm all over the place all the time. But (laughs) you don't need to know what it means. You don't need to become obsessed with figuring out how or doing it perfectly or thinking there's no way I can read the Bible. Have you seen that book? It's huge. It's crazy. It's confusing. Just pick a different book. Pick one that is based on him. Like there's this little scripture book, Calming Scriptures for Prayer, Prayers in a Woman's Heart that someone gave me. Like this, for example, Uh, page 138, it says, you will make a way. No temptation has, has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it 1 corinthians 10 13 and i would read something like that which was a lot easier to digest and i wasn't really obsessed with it but i was committed to it and isn't that what obsession is what we're committed to and so often in the past we're committed to try and figuring out our pain or how to heal from it And then we say, well, I'm not obsessed with it because that seems to have a bad rap. I'm not obsessed with that. Well, just try something else on. Just be committed to it. And this was easy to digest. It was like a little thing that I could read and there's a little blurb that helped me understand it because I'm like, I don't get this. This whole thing's too big. This makes no sense. I, I can't be obsessed with that. I don't have time for that, right? And then the excuses would come in. So there was a little blurb underneath it to explain it. For example, in this one, you make a way where there seems to be no way. Lord, I have faced dead end after dead end in my life. And then I would hear myself go, can I get an amen? All the things I tried to do with a narcissist were such a dead end. Some situations felt impossible to navigate, but somehow you plowed right through them and made a super highway right down the middle. And then I would hear my mind go, "Mm, I'm not sure if that's true. Because you have made a way in the past, I can trust you with my present and my future. The situations in front of me are perplexing, dizzying even. How are you going to navigate them? I have no idea. And then I would hear myself having a dialogue with God. Yeah, how are you going to navigate them? I don't have any idea. Like, good luck. And I would hear myself having this dialogue with God. And then I thought, you know what? At least I'm having dialogue with him. And that is a much better dialogue to have with God, whatever it looks like or sounds like or feels like, than to have a dialogue in your head with a past abuser, because that literally goes nowhere. That's the road to a dead end. And then slowly but surely, things would start to make sense. Things were coming together. And they started to make me feel better. This much I do know, even now, you are carving out a path in the desert, a way through the wilderness. The road will be paved with hope, peace, joy, and courage, and I will travel it hand in hand with you. What peace to know that you are my way maker. Amen. And so often we call it my obsession, my narcissist, my ex. 
And we're giving that term of ownership to the person that's caused us the most pain instead of giving it to the one who creates change. The word my is an ownership word. And so when I read this, what peace to know that you, capital Y, are my way maker, capital W. And so I would read things like that and things would slowly and surely start to click into place and come into place. Holy shit, I've been calling the ex my, my ex, my narcissist. And instead of being as obsessed with having ownership and a relationship with God, what peace to know that you are my way maker. And so this transference of energy and this connection to God instead of to the past abuser started to shift and move and transform and change things within me and take them to an even deeper level. And not everything made sense in the beginning, but I was putting my faith an obsession in a place that would eventually just reading the title of this passage you will make a way and I, I would hear myself go I don't know how you're gonna do it but go for it like I've given it a shot on my own and it's resulted in me finding a dead end so why don't you why don't you give it a shot God big macho man man upstairs why don't you go for it and I would see that <laughs> He already had been, and he currently is, and he always will because that's who he is. And then I would find myself laughing when I would be worried about things or laughing when something would happen and see the ridiculousness of what I used to be obsessed with and the transformation in my life and in the relationship and experience that I have with, with others as well when I became obsessed with letting him in, when I became focused on letting him in, when I, when I became committed to letting God in, even if it was just once a day, that literally took me like a minute to read this little blurb of like a scripture book when and that's what I started with because the Bible seemed like an elephant right and there's that weird phrase that I'll never understand I mean I get it but how do you eat an elephant who would want to eat an elephant one bite at a time I'd never want to eat an elephant right you're missing the point <laughs> and I would hear myself go I know one bite at a time don't bite off more than you can chew you can't eat the elephant all in one bite blah 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 so maybe what you become obsessed with is just committing to something as small and easy as that. And you'll notice the lens change. And then those big giants that seem to be so big that there's no way we could ever take them down on our own seem to turn into tiny little ants. And your whole perspective and your whole obsession changes. So I invite you into changing your obsession today. And if you haven't invited Jesus into your life yet, I invite you to do that now. Take a deep breath. Exhale all the past things you were obsessed with, obsessed with worries, obsessed with with trying to change and fix and make someone else be different than how they are and who they are. That's not your job. That's his. Let him come into your life and do the job that he's trying to do within you. So invite him in right now. Jesus Christ, come into my life. I hear you knocking. The door is open. Come on in. I love you guys. I'm praying for you and I'll see you soon.